Lift every voice and sing Till earth and heaven ring Ring with the harmonies of liberty Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies let it resound loud as a rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the presence has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won. Welcome to the Nine Points Podcast. I'm your host, BH. Whomever and wherever you happen to be, we want to thank you for tuning in. It's our belief here at the Nine Points Podcast that humble and courageous individuals make up healthy families, which make up healthy communities, which finally gives us a healthier world to live in. We at the Nine Points Podcast receive our inspiration from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. This scripture speaks to the nine fruits of the Spirit of God, and it is and it reads as follows. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. We at the Nine Points Podcast try to promote these principles by encouraging one another to apply the fruit of the Spirit within the closest relationships that make up our inner circles. In time, when these principles mature, the culture within our inner circles will promote the kind of compassionate leadership that we will need for the challenges that we will undoubtedly face in the future. Today's show will include three segments. The opening word will consist of talking about getting something versus going somewhere better. Then Z time is going to consist of a discussion about deeds and intentions. And then the last section or segment is going to be about um, about the process and the purpose of the podcast. The, the, the last segment is going to be really, really brief. But the first segment, I just wanted to start off with this fact that it seems like it's real easy to get preoccupied with self and acquiring things. And somehow acquiring things helps us, at least in our mind, while we're trying to get stuff, helps us to think that if we can just get a little bit more, then our life will be a lot easier or things will be satisfied. It's kind of like this, one of my, one of our kids' favorite books when they was coming up called Bossy Bear. And it was this little character and every page he would just say, give me this, this is mine, that's mine. Gimme, 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 gimme. And you know, it's just, it seems like we have some of that Bossy Bear in us. That's not fair. Or, you know, another common thing that you and I might say, I know I've said this from at at different points in my life. It's not fair that they have something or they have something and I don't. 
or what you need to ask yourself sometimes is, are you where you belong? It's not about what somebody else has and how they got it compared to uh, whether you deserve to have more based on how hard you work. Sometimes you, the, the bigger question is asking yourself, are you where you belong? Are you where you belong mentally? Meaning you don't worry. You can be concerned. You can be concerned, but you don't fear things. Are you where you need to be spiritually saved and transformed from the way that you used to be? Not thinking and acting in the ways that you used to be. Are you where you need to be socially? Um, like morally, I can't even read my own writing. Are you where where you where you should be like um, socially and mentally? Um, are you? Do you deal with people on a social level the way that you want to be? Uh, the way that you want to be dealt with. And I, what I did, I made a couple of notes. I'm trying to get to this part where I can read some and not just come off the heart because sometimes when I come off the heart, I go, I say the same thing a few times and I'm aware of that. So I'm trying to find a little balance. So this next part, what you're about to hear is pretty much me reading something, um, some notes that I get, that I wrote about uh, getting something versus going somewhere better. Every day I fight the pressure to go out and get something or worry about how I can keep something. I need to walk with balance in everything that I do. That means to resist the temptation to overreact or underreact to something that I want really badly. If I can just get this, then it would take away the burden of so many of these things that cause stress in my life. When I go to work and hear about someone that has blank, I start to imagine how different and how much better my life could possibly be if I had something like that for myself. When I'm talking to someone on the phone and they try to tell me about something that they have now that I used to enjoy myself, a part of me might start to imagine, why can't I feel like that again? Why shouldn't I feel like that again? When I turn to the media for entertainment and news and find out details, about what someone else wants me to find as deeply disturbing, it may trigger a primal response to reobtain the sense of homeostasis that I've had before those disturbing details interrupted me. I believe that it is best to look at life the same way that I would look at a journey. What I take with me is important. I will realize that it's better to have some things along the way than others, and that certain other things need to be avoided at all costs. But the two most central aspects of any journey that I embark upon is to try to maintain good health and to try to make sure that I don't lose my way. So without good judgment, I can play a key role in losing my good health. Also, without good judgment, I could get so preoccupied with what I don't think that I can do without or so preoccupied with not having enough of what I think that I will need later on that I play a key role in losing my own way. God wants us to have. God wants us to use good judgment. 
The only way that we can have a consistently to have and consistently use good judgment is to have a faithful relationship with him. A faithful relationship with someone who you can't touch begins with taking time to reflect on what he means to you and then to talk to him. I need to have God on my mind so that I can hear and then abide by what he puts on my heart. Plus, I need to show what he reveals to me through my actions and my attitude. If I complain about my responsibilities and my sacrifices all the time, then how can I tell somebody else that they'll enjoy their life more once they decide to give it over to God? Make no mistakes about it. There are lots and lots and lots of scripture filled with people venting and asking God to carry out vengeance or justice for the pain and suffering inflicted upon them. So I'm not saying that you can't ever complain. God knows how hard it is for you and me before we even open our mouths. Now, I might be wrong about this next thing that I'm going to say, but I'm convinced at this point in my life, I'm convinced that being intentional about my attitude to praise God through thick and through thin is what makes my sacrifices to him mean so much. In the end, this is how to get better. I might not obtain everything that my eyes crave, and I might not obtain every comfort that is within my grasp. Be that as it may, I do not call it robbery when I recognize the grace that I'm living under both now and in eternity. Just think about this scientifically and mathematically. What kind of sense does it make to take the position that God is asking too much of me if I needed so much help to even get here? I didn't create my material self. Mom and daddy did that. And mama, daddy, family, God, they did so much for me to get me to where I am. Now I'm, I have the ability to imagine what goodness is because of all the things that were provided for me, all the opportunities that were laid out and all the time that I had to make good choices to get it right. If all those things weren't done for me, then I, then I wouldn't even be in a position to, to uh, be wondering if things could be better or trying to contemplate whether I should have more comparing myself to somebody else. Grace is what brings and sustains the treasures of heaven. Grace is obtained by me, not the result of me achieving man's benchmarks and flattery. So I wanted to get all that off my chest because my dad told me something that changed my life about 18 years ago. Um, I told my dad and I told my mom, I said, we not. I don't think we're gonna have no kids, um, and if we do, I don't. See, I don't see how we're gonna have any kids because I don't want to bring any kids into this world unless I know that I've already done something to make the world a better place. Um, and you know, just out of just out of college, um, had student debt waiting for me when I got out of school because I had to take out loans, and um, and my dad said. Don't let money be the only reason you don't start a family. You're always going to need money. You're always going to have um, opportunities to make money. And you never know when you do certain things 
opportunities that you're not even looking at right now might come your way. So don't let money be the reason that you don't have a family. It's a it's a factor being, you know, considerate, but don't let that be the reason or excuse to keep you from having kids. That was deciding to uh, start a family was something that we did on faith and our lives have been transformed. Um, the things that mattered before we had kids, they still matter. Oh, they matter a lot. But if I had of just focused on checking off things that I think are necessary to prove that I'm ready and, and me and my wife are ready for these responsibilities, I could have been checked. I'd, I'd be 47 and still checking stuff. And I would have missed out on so much life that came from doing something on faith. And um, it's what we do on faith that counts. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say that's the only thing that counts. But when you do something on faith, that means that you're doing something with your eyes focused on what possible consequences could come from it. But you have the courage to walk up to and walk through those challenges for what you think is righteous and necessary. So if you are where you belong, then you will appreciate the gifts and the grace around you. If you are not where you belong, then there's always going to be things that you're going to be wishing for and you won't be fulfilled. So that's all I've got for the opening remarks. Next thing you hear will be Z time. Welcome back, everybody. It is now Z time and I am flanked by newbie and the big brother king and right now we are getting ready to go into another deep conversation with a very capable age group laying some stuff on you guys that we talk about as adults but what you're about to say you're representing you're representing your age group so just speak from the heart tell the truth i don't think i'm going to tell you that there's a wrong answer but if I strongly disagree, I might critique it a little bit. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Okay. I'm trying to think of the best way to articulate the question. I know what I want to ask you. What do you think is more important? What you do or what you try to do? I think think it depends on the situation but for me in general i think it's like what you do is more important because like that can actually affect your actions instead of the stuff that you want to do okay king same question to you what do you think is more important your actions or your intentions what you actually do or what you try to do both it's important to know what your intentions are and and you need to make sure that they're good before acting on them. But some intentions are not meant to be acted upon. That was deep. That was deep, King. So let me go. Let's go through some examples. I agree with you. I think that which one is the most important is it depends on what it is that you're contemplating. 
what you're on the road to achieving, um, what the task is, in other words. I agree with you. So let's do this. Homework. No, 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 no. Not homework. You're you are challenged. You are given the responsibility to come home with an A or a B in a specific class. You get that after your last report card. I say. I was getting ready to say your real name. I say, newbie, you got a C minus on this. The next time you bring a report card in here, you must have a B or else you got consequences. King, I look at you and I say, you've got a C minus. You have to have a B, the next report card, or you got consequences. Now, if you come back to me and you have a C, and you didn't make a B, what do you want me to pay attention to, King? Do you want me to pay attention to how hard you worked? Or do you want me to pay attention to your bottom line? Did you meet the goal or not? Well, first of all, I'm going to make sure how hard I... I'm going to make sure I let you know how hard I worked and how serious I was taking it. Okay. Okay, but... Which one, if you didn't make the goal, if you got a C and didn't get a B, which one do you want me to focus on? Do you want me to focus on, I see you working harder this time than last time? Or do you want me to focus on the fact you didn't get it done? The first option, and it's not healthy to just focus on something that you didn't achieve all the time. I like what you said. Please explain. It's not it's not good to always focus on what you don't achieve. Is that what you said? Explain it. Well, you don't know what that person has been going through. And and they've been working really hard to get their grade up in a. They really tried their best. And and just for somebody to come up to them, see, see their report and then get mad at them. Just for the sake that that person did everything, not just to please you, but also to improve their worth ethic, that just seems unfair. Okay. Thank you, King. Same to you, newbie. I'll expect you to bring a B home in that class, but you come back with another C. Do you want me to focus on, well, you said that you worked harder? And it looked like I saw you studying harder. Or do you want me to focus on the fact that you didn't get it done? I'm going to have to say the focus on the fact that I didn't get it done. But only because like, you already promised, like earlier when you said, that if you didn't get like at least to be in that class, you good consequence was. If you just say, like, oh, I see how hard you're working. I'm not going to punish you this time. Then the person is going to think that I, they can get away with this every single time. So they're going to do it again and again. And then they're going to expect that you're just going to, like, push it off all the time like you did that one time. So that's why I think you should just, like, give me the consequence if I don't follow it or not. Okay. Interesting. I love your answers, folks. Now I'll change it around a little bit. If I promise you that... Let me think of a promise. A promise that might be kind of hard to keep. Uh, let me see. Let's say that 
I promise if you make the honor roll, I promise to give you a hundred dollars the same week. I tell you, I make that promise. I tell you after your report card and you made you came close and I say, newbie, you make the honor roll and I'm going to give you a hundred dollars at the next report card. And I promise you, I get it to you within a week of getting that grade. Same thing to you, King. Say you make the honor roll. And and I come to you and I'm like, I can't do it because I have to get some work done on the car and they cut back some of my hours at work. I know that I promised I'm going to do it, but I can't do it. I can't do it this week. You just have to work with me. Are you going to be? I know you're going to be disappointed, so I'm not going to ask you, would you be disappointed? But my question is, would the number of times that I I honestly was able to meet my promises, would that factor into how upset you are? Or would it be would it matter if I never followed through with any promises to begin with? And I just told you to trust me again. Um, probably the second option that you said. Because, like, money is different from, like, a random promise. If it was, like, a money promise, if it's, like, some stuff that happens and it goes on, then I'd understand why I wouldn't be able to give me the money. So I wouldn't exactly be that disappointed. However, if you keep on making, like, promises that aren't about, like, money and you still don't keep up to those goals, people are, like, not going to be able to trust you as much anymore. So some promises that you make, even if you don't agree with them, you're going to have to, like, meet them from time to time. Good. And on to you, King. If I promised you I'm going to get you $100 by the end of the week and then the end of the week comes and I was like, King, I know I promised you, but I got to work on the I had to get the car fixed and they cut some of my hours back. So I don't know. It's kind of rough right now. I don't know if I'll be able to get it to you this month, but I'm really, really, I'm really, really impressed with what you did. The most important thing is that you did it, Um, but I'll get to it sooner or later. If I told you all of that and I had a habit of not keeping my promises, would it would you feel would you feel like my me trying is good enough or would you feel like me kind of finally coming through is the only thing that's acceptable for you? I mean, of course, I would be a little disappointed if if I known that you had a habit of 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 not keeping promises, but I'm still I would still work hard, even if it goes as far as to impress you whenever if I get a hundred dollars or not. Okay. Well, I wanted to have this conversation with you for a couple of reasons. But before I go into uh, my little piece, I just want to say I'm really impressed with your answers. Um, I've been just to the audience. I wanted you guys to know the last few uh, instances that we've had Z time. They didn't even know what I was going to ask them. So they're coming in from doing their homework or reading or or watching their videos or whatever they're and they're doing. And all they know is I'm going to call you in here and we're going to do Z time in a little bit. So they just come in. This is just coming off the hip. 
So I'm really impressed with the answers that you gave. Now, I wanted to bring this up about what your efforts or your deeds, which one is the most important, your effort or the bottom line. And the reason I wanted to talk to you guys about that is because based on what the Bible says, you're going to get older and you're going to interpret things as you age. um, And you're going to see some things now that that you're going to see a little different several years from now. But the Bible suggests that God looks at both. God looks at what we do. And God looks at what we are willing to do towards certain goals. In other words, what I'm saying, God knows that we can't be perfect, but he expects us to strive for excellence. So even if I make a promise, if I can't keep that promise, but I put every ounce of my effort towards achieving it and actually do more than I thought that I could do. God appreciates that effort. Even if I don't technically meet the goal that I set for myself, God loves the effort. But you know what God loves even more than me reaching the goal that I set for myself? You know what God loves more than that? Your honesty and your claim. He loves your efforts and um he also um loves your compassion more than the goals that I set for myself in reaching those goals. God loves when I act on faith. When I act beyond what I feel comfortable that I can deliver. When I'm like, I'm not sure how I'm going to do this thing that's good, but I'm going to do my best. And if I get knocked down, I'm going to get up and try again. And if I get knocked down and made fun of, I'm still going to keep trying because God put it on my heart that this is right. God put it on my heart that this is a righteous behavior, that this is a righteous goal. So even though I keep on getting knocked down, I don't consider it insanity to get up and keep pursuing this goal because I'm acting on faith that what God put in the Bible and what God put on my heart as righteous and what I can point to scripture and justify as righteous being of the fruit of the spirit. God loves when we do things in faith, when we do things out of faith. Somebody hurts you. I'm hurt today. I I forgive them, but it still hurts. I have faith that it's not going to hurt me as much down the road. So, God, I forgive them. Help me to understand what it means to walk in forgiveness for this situation. I'm going to do I'm not going to I'm not going to be bitter, but I don't know how I'm going to get over this. But God, I trust you to get me through it. Those are the things that God loves the most when we act on faith. So our effort matters a lot. Get doing what we promised we were going to do matters a lot. But acting on faith, that's a little bit of both.
because it's effort. And God is the one that determines when you get there. Not you. God determines it. And sometimes when you're feeling really, really fortunate, he's able to put it on your heart. Job well done. I'm pleased with you. And when God does that to you, when you know that he's glad about what you did, it don't matter. It, it does not matter if somebody else thinks it's insignificant because you are assured by the promise of God. So that is all we have for Z time this evening. Anything you guys like to say before we move on? Um, I am going to say something about March Madness real quickly. I'm very, very sorry. <laughs> um, If you guys like have your brackets and stuff, and if you like want to plan it out, I recommend looking at some sports analysts as well as like making your own opinions on it to try and get the best bracket. In my opinion, I kind of think that Kansas is going to win it all this year, but I might be wrong. So good luck. All righty. King, you got anything you'd like to add, buddy? Mr. Honor Roll student this semester. Mr. I kick senioritis in the buttocks and come through with the honor roll this rip. Anything you'd like to say, buddy? Money. And I'm glad I was able to make it. And I do have something to say off camera. All right. Well, stop smacking my nose. So that is the end of this segment of Z Time. And I'll be coming back shortly to with the final word. All right. Welcome back to the third and final segment of this podcast. I'm your host, BH. And um, like I said earlier, every intention is for this to be brief. I want to just talk a little bit about process and purpose want to talk a little bit about the process of this podcast and the purpose of this podcast for those of you that have been um, tuning in regularly, which I very much appreciate, or somebody who might be tuning in right now because this is the newest episode and they just reaching out for the first time. Thought it would be important to talk a little bit about where we are and what we're hoping to do moving forward and why we do the things that we do. First and foremost, this is a family podcast. I'm enjoying having this opportunity to grow with my family. Um, The last few episodes, my wife hasn't been able to participate because um, she's taking classes. She's working and taking classes and doing doing a whole heck of a lot of stuff. Um, So I haven't been asking her to join us, but. I'm sure she'll be back because she told me she wants to be a part of it. Um, And I made a place for her to be in it. So uh, my wife will be coming back. But we have uh, three adolescent children. You've heard two voices so far. Um, The third voice you will be hearing in the coming weeks. He's still uh, getting his confidence together. But I'm sure that once he gets here, he's going to be putting in just like King and Newbie. Um, But. We're having this opportunity, an opportunity that a lot of people didn't have before us. We're able to just be regular people, Christians from different walks of life, a Christian family. Um, 
I have, you know, I have training in another field. I have a career. I'm in a career. I have a, I have a job that I spent a lot of time, uh, invested a lot of time and, you know, kind of changed a lot about me. Um, so I have a job away from being a Christian, but being a Christian, being a husband, being a father, those things matter to me no matter where I am. So being able to share Christian Christian beliefs, to be able to focus on families. Um, it's Yes, being a Christian is important to me, but I want to make it very clear. This podcast is about families. You're hearing things through the lens of a Christian family, but you don't have to have any religious beliefs to want to have a good and healthy family. Um, The purpose of us doing this as a family is to share things um, that are on my heart, things that come from the Bible, things that are scripture, and to focus on what it means to walk with God using the fruit of the spirit. Um, Ephesians talks about putting on the full armor of God and Galatians talks about the fruit of the spirit and using the fruit of the spirit in close relationships makes a difference. Yes, it's scary at first, but when you see the results and when you see can recognize that you are a different person than you used to be when you were just thinking about doing some of these things, it really matters. Um, It's a it's a process. It's a process because none of us will be perfect. But like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, going for excellence is okay. Going for excellence should be the goal. And when you use love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control with your problems that come up in your family, nobody's going to jail. Nobody's going to the morgue. Nobody is being humiliated. Nobody is is um, so distraught that they are looking for lust and 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 uh, drugs to help dull their senses and help them get as far away from that learning experience that that, you know, fell apart. This is this is serious. This is serious. It's something serious that we enjoy doing. And to be honest with you, I was talking to a client earlier today and was asking them what was the what were they looking forward to later on in the day? And I asked myself that same question. And I look forward to doing this. The kids look forward to doing this. Actually, they get into the age where they might like if I stop calling them kids, they're teenagers for crying out loud. Uh, they'll be in their 20s before you know it. Um, but it's it's a it's a privilege and it's it's something that I hope to continue to get better at because it's if I'm not able to work on the podcast, I feel disappointed with myself. It's something I look forward to doing. It's something that I think is can be helpful. I try not to do it in a way that's judgmental or uh, browbeating and it's just something that we as a family hope to share some some of the treasure that God has shared with us and we always you know we always end every podcast with 
the phrase that wealth is to be spent, but treasure is to be shared. And the treasure of the spirit of God is something that we should share with those that matter to us the most. And it's with that spirit that we sit down to undertake this, you know, this uh, labor of love, get closer to each other and gain in confidence, gain in um, motivation, gain in ability um, in, in just sharing. I'm just so glad for my friend. Well, friends and family, um, my cousin Brian, his friend Tim, um, my friend Jinx, my fraternity brother Jinx that was telling me about um, different places to go to set up this podcast. And and we I don't see us stopping anytime soon. So that's what we're about. Hopefully you'll continue to join us. And remember, wealth is to be spent, but treasures to be shared.